0: So you're hopeful uh, that your kid's going to be seven. Really keep your fingers crossed for seven, six. (laughs) That's the ideal. Hello, I'm Justin.
1: I'm Mark. We're the J-Pops. And we are Attempting Parenting in Japan.
0: All right, let's get right into the pregnancy updates. My wife is at 34 weeks this week. And um, unless my notes are incorrect, I believe your wife is at 27 weeks. Yep, and you, you've got the big um, you've got the big update news because you guys had an appointment this week. So, take it away.
1: Yeah, this week uh, our our checkup was at twenty six weeks and six days, and for that checkup, my wife had to do the glucose test to find out if she has uh, gestational diabetes. I guess that's pretty mm-hmm. standard for for this point in the pregnancy. Uh, we won't find out the results yet for another two weeks when she goes back for her next checkup but everything should be all good my fingers are crossed
0: yeah nice we had a bit of that in our family uh but we've been tested for it my wife and i or i should say my wife has been tested for it and came back clean so i think we're fine there
1: nice uh the only other news the baby is growing at kind of an exponential rate (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) sounds alarming (laughs) Not
1: not so much, oh, no. but uh, he's steadily increasing over what the average weight should be for his week. So mm-hmm. every week seems to be a little bit more. Like uh, a couple weeks ago, or I guess a couple months ago, it was maybe 10% more than the average. And then the next checkup was like 12% more. And now we're, we're I don't even know the percent, but he's at 1.1%. Well, Kilograms is what they measured him mm-hmm. at. When the average is at 0. 0.8 kilograms, so wow.
0: So yeah, he's 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 getting pretty big. Yeah, and um, what about you? Know we're still in the breech position and waiting to see if the baby will or will not flip. It's a real will he or won't he scenario that we're working with over here, right? How about your baby?
1: He has flipped already. He's ready to go. He's already put himself upside down and seems to be in the right position.
0: Yeah. So your kid is a go-getter. A go-getter. Uh, he's ahead of the curve. He's, like, growing exponentially. Yeah. He's um, <laughs> he's he's put himself head down, and he's ready to
1: head out. I I say. hate to say anything that, like, jinx anything, but I, I really have a feeling he's going to be a little bit early just because of how, like, almost
0: ganky he seems right now. Yeah. He's in position, and he's, like, he's bigger than he should be. So yeah. he's, like he's way ahead of the curve, it seems. Yep. Um, so an early question, uh, do you harbor any hopes (laughs) that your child continues on his path of growth and that he breaks, say like seven foot, we'll say maybe seven, four at the extreme, you know, uh, like you see those pictures of the tallest people in the world. And it's like a 13 year old child standing head and shoulders above the parents. Right. And then you've got a ready made MBA <laughs> career or at the very least he works in a Ripley's believe it or not, or something or he tours the country as an Odyssey. <laughs> Odyssey is a strong word, but you know, if there are millions you, tied to it. And do my,
1: I hope my child is a freak? <laughs> it's
0: a freak. That's my question. Yes.
1: Uh, I hope not. <laughs> okay. But no, other than that, I hope, I don't have any hopes or anything for him being like exceptionally tall, especially in Japan. Yeah. I feel like that's a hindrance. you're gonna hit oh, your head yeah. on everything,
0: yeah, for sure <laughs> if you're uh five eleven you're hitting your head on everything here yeah um i uh I read this stat a long time ago. I have no way to verify this, but it blew my mind, and it's that um fifteen percent of all people who are seven feet tall and over play in the nba isn't Uh, that crazy interesting play or i guess have played in the nba because
1: it's a two things i'm getting from this is that there's not that many tall people and the nba actively recruits only those people
0: yeah pretty much they want (laughs) they want the height still in the nba it's a shooter's game these days and uh, it's good to be small and quick but still If you're seven foot or over, somebody will put you on a roster and make you a backup center. So uh, that just blew my mind. And yeah, I guess the takeaway is that there are just not that many people in the world who stand over seven feet tall. I also saw, um, this was based on a YouTube video, so trust it or not, but it seemed legit to me. Somebody was claiming that, you know, like the tallest guy in history was that American dude from the maybe 40s or 50s and he was like over eight feet tall or something just massive guy jesus and uh, that guy uh well the person who was making this video was postulating that that will never happen again huh. that we have already seen the tallest human and it's not going to occur because what makes somebody that tall usually is that they have some sort of uh like say there's a growth in their brain that affects, you know, their glands and then just lets them grow without limit or something. Hmm. But that sort of thing would be caught much earlier in modern times. And then you would have a surgery to remove it, or you'd be put on some medication to cure it or something. And so like that unlimited growth is probably if it's caused by say a tumor or something, that's going to be cut right off. So, you know, you're going to have to pull your hopes back from the eight foot kid, but you could still get a seven foot kid. Yeah, and he be, I mean, my hopes—that's—that's you know. that's a stretch, but I'm—I'm gonna
1: have to disagree with that guy's um, hypothesis on that. Like, uh, oh yeah, I just don't—I don't think there's there's seven billion people in the world, and the fact that yeah. every single one of them is gonna go and get a pregnancy in a super fancy hospital where they do all this
0: stuff—I hmm. doubt that. Yeah. Yeah, And so I think we um, still
1: have a chance to get some nine foot people maybe.
0: Yeah, there's still a chance. We'll keep our fingers crossed. I often think about how a nine foot person would change the NBA. They'd have to institute some <laughs> rules if your head is just right at the goal. <laughs> like you couldn't just let somebody rampage the NBA. He just like that. stands there. <laughs> and it's just it like hand right there. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, these are the things I think about. Uh, but what if somebody were like 40 feet tall? if you had a 40 foot tall person and then would and then they lived a healthy life and they were fast and agile and they were also 40 feet tall and a basketball goal came up to their knee would you just allow them in the nba and would you just let them win like 15 years of titles nonstop, or would they come in and say sorry dude you're out of here we're not going to allow you to disrupt our game
1: i mean what would it be like how would they get them in there stadiums yeah. usually have like I mean he would have to crawl in
0: yeah you'd have to put him on some type of conveyor belt and then like bring yeah. him in through the doors that way or like a long gurney
1: and then it's and like
0: that's like what two steps from hoop to hoop for him yeah exactly <laughs> and he would just he would get all of the titles and it wouldn't be fair it wouldn't even be fun to watch after the first couple of like you know the first couple of games where you're interested after that what's the point yeah so, yeah, I'm, I'm dreading these things. I'm really preoccupied with these things. But yep. uh, back to the kid and the height. <laughs> yeah, it's you see those pictures and then you think like those parents are just two run of the mill parents. And then they have this kid who's like seven, four out of nowhere. Yeah. And what if that happens? It's probably that should be down on my list of things to think about. But it's right up there.
1: I don't know. I, I don't I don't think it's going to go that way. I, I assume he'll be a bigger kid, but I don't know if he'll be like. A super tall kid Mm. because i i think when i was i asked my dad about this actually (laughs) uh just recently i was like hey how much how what did i weigh when i was born (laughs) and his response was nine pounds question mark (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's (laughs) (laughs) healthy that's a pretty big size isn't it
1: i think so i think the average is like eight and some change but yeah just his response was pretty great so i think yeah. i was a pretty big kid but i'm not like super tall i'm just yeah. kind of they, they would call it like big boned husky
0: yeah you're a broad gentleman
1: yeah yeah so i kind it of expect sure. the same from from little dude when
0: he pops out cool well um those are our updates everybody and i think it is segment time not
1: much going on in the segment time but i did come across an article that i thought was pretty interesting and i kind of wanted to discuss it with you uh Mm -hmm. and it has to do with cognitive function of the of the fetus and Mm -hmm. whether or not they're able to recognize language after they're Mm -hmm. born
0: it sounds interesting yeah um i think we briefly talked about this a week or two ago at a at a lunch um Mm. i was saying uh Something about, you know, there in Japan, like English is a big deal to get your kid into English lessons. And I know that uh, at least about 15 years ago, there was an English language school that offered the service of a pregnant woman could go like a you know, pregnant Japanese woman who wanted to expose her still yet unborn child to English. She could sign up for lessons where she would sit in a room and then a foreign person would read a book out loud (laughs) in the presence of a pregnant woman, which is maybe the most bizarre English lesson I've ever heard of. This sounds like a scam. Yeah, super scam. (laughs) Uh, But it did exist in the old days and I don't know if it still goes on or not. But um, yeah, then I think we talked a bit about like, is there, I mean, people play music through headphones on the stomach, you know, right. on, the, on the belly and, and that sort of thing. Uh, I haven't looked into any of the research, but I wonder if any of that even registers whatsoever with the the little fetus there.
1: Well, you're in luck because I did find out some stuff on this. Oh, good. So in, uh, in 2012, I guess there was a study uh, at the Belfast University where they were trying to capture uh, fetal behavior between two separate groups of mothers. Um, one who watched like a British television show, like a specific one and another who did not. And so the whole point mm-hmm. of this was to see if after the baby was born, if they, if any of the sounds in the show registered with the babies.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Like a particular theme song or if there was some like prominent sound effect or something.
1: Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And in that, uh, in that study, I guess the researchers found that the fetus who had been previously exposed to the theme song of that program would increase their movements when the, the song was played after they were born.
0: Interesting. Uh,
1: fetuses who uh, I guess were not exposed to that song didn't exhibit any changes and didn't seem to register it.
0: Interesting. So they had like a favorite tune or something at least that they recognized. Yeah.
1: And wow. then there was another study um, done, I, I believe, uh, by Dutch researchers who were, and this is kind of a weird study, but I guess they were taking um, Dutch-speaking individuals who had adopted babies from Korea. So, the, the babies obviously didn't know Korean before they were adopted. They were brought over. They were born in Korea and then brought over. Hmm. And so that while those babies probably heard Korean language in the in the womb, they they didn't know anything. So um, they were conducting this experiments with those babies and then natural born uh, Dutch babies who mm-hmm. obviously, you know, didn't hear any Korean. They took them later on, I guess, after a couple years. And the Korean adoptees, they said, were far more quick and capable of learning Korean than the native Dutch babies were. Hmm. And I guess this was uh, from beyond like six months to... Uh, I guess like 17 months old. And I don't know how they gauge their ability to learn. Maybe they just got a bunch of slow babies and fast babies. I don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and uh, I would also wonder if, um, you know, the there's been a bit of research that I've read over the years about um, babies identifying their own race, you know, like um, a baby would respond to, and it's probably... You know what they've been uh, brought up around. If you see a bunch of white people, and then the baby would react like in certain ways to seeing a white person as opposed to a different race. You know, <laughs> or a baby that only sees Japanese people, and then would I more quickly identify with the Japanese person even as a stranger. <laughs> and uh, I've heard about this sort of thing about babies like noticing races, and um, which is probably like cluing us into a lot of the ills of society that from the get-go kind of a program to like oh that's my race sweet right you know, that kind of thing uh but um i wonder if like uh just i'm sure that uh, hopefully that they've accounted for all of this sort of thing but i wonder if you know the korean lesson would have come from a korean person and then the korean baby somehow recognizes uh oh this person looks more like me and then but do babies even recognize themselves? I have no idea. There's way too many questions. Yeah, <laughs> way too many questions. I
1: mean, from six months to 17 months, I kind of doubt it. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah. And they don't say in this study, but I get the yeah. impression that they would have no idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, it must just come down to like some sort of very fundamental level programming of having heard it in the womb and then maybe in the first you know few days or weeks of being born. Yeah, uh, that set up a little circuitry in their brain a little bit yeah that's very interesting stuff
1: yeah it's a it is very interesting it says uh especially like the third trimester is kind of the key key time for that so i guess if you'd want to start like reading stories or talking to the belly and like that would be a good time to get a prime for some english training
0: yeah or explaining the moves of the chess pieces or something. Just yeah. like get them primed. Get them yeah. ready
1: for it. Talk about the NBA. Uh,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is, uh, just repeat names like George Muerson, Sean Bradley, Manute Bull. These are all guys seven, six and above. That's what we're aiming for. Um, <laughs> so you're hopeful but, uh, that your kid's going to be seven. Yeah, and above. <laughs> you really keep your fingers crossed for seven, six. That's the ideal. Um, no, it's just one of those straight thoughts that crossed my mind. But, um, Nice. Yeah. I, my feeling about the, uh, like the very early age training of things into babies, whether it's like musical or language or whatever the skill is. Um, I feel like all of that stuff, uh, can be made up for within the first several years of the child's life. So for example, mm. if there's the, um, you know, the baby that is predisposed to understanding Korean a bit better from having had some experience, if you give them equal lessons for you know five years, I bet the two kids come out equal at the end of it. You know, maybe they just get a jump start right in the beginning of identifying it a bit more easily. Yeah. But then time can sort of defeat those advantages. Yeah. Is my assessment of how that all shakes out. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Well, um, yeah, very interesting stuff. Uh, do you do anything, um, like music wise or like speaking wise, you know, to the the baby?
1: no At not really
0: face i've thought about it but right now no do you guys i thought that i might but then in real life i don't you know like uh i guess i randomly play the guitar often enough that maybe the baby's hearing some guitar mm-hmm. and we we always have music playing in the car so anytime we're driving around there's something blasting yeah uh And, I mean, we talk, uh, but we never, like, direct any of it at the baby. We never put any headphones on the belly or anything like
1: that. Yeah, I I
0: don't think that there would be any more need for that. Yeah, I think. I mean, what must be dominant is the mother's voice, you know, like resonating inside the mother's body. Right. And that must be the thing that the kid's hearing the most. So every time the mother speaks, that's the kid's, like, high dose of getting that language experience or the, you know, connection to the parent's voice or whatever it is. Yeah,
1: definitely. They, all these articles I read about this state that the mother's voice is, is definitely the dominant sound that they hear.
0: And mm-hmm. that's the one that they recognize, I guess. Yeah. I've always encouraged my wife to sing and uh, play the piano. Mm. she is quite the pianist she had like years and years of lessons as a kid Mm. and her father's a piano tuner right so they've got piano in the blood and um she uh yeah i think that would be kind of a nice thing i mean what limited like uh sort of understanding that the baby would have any of it if someone could play the piano and sing and also be carrying you as a fetus, like all that <laughs> could fuse into something quite nice, you know, for the baby to be predisposed to. Maybe. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, segment wise, good stuff. Are you ready to move on? I am, but first I do want to back pedal
1: a little bit here. I do need to make not a correction, or a fact check to myself from last week, because mm-hmm. I said I wouldn't do that. But there was an omission that I need to correct. And so okay. we were talking you're, about-
0: you're dancing, <laughs> dancing all around a fact check here, <laughs> <laughs> tiptoeing up to the fact check, backing away slowly. Well, because the but fact we'll check see.
1: implies that I was wrong, but I wasn't wrong.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. It was more- like, likely story. It
1: was more like a senior moment where I just totally forgot <laughs> <Okay>. something. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, all right. And good. So, uh,
1: when we were talking about the umbilical cord pouch, um, <laughs> the entire reason that I started thinking about it and doing research on it was because Moe's friend came over and gave us a gift of a pouch that she handmade and crocheted for us. Mm-hmm. And I had never heard of this before, but she said it was for the umbilical cord. Okay. And so I apologize for forgetting to bring that up as the whole like impetus of, of the, of the conversation.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, I actually, speaking of that, I followed up with my wife and um, she said, yes, absolutely. For sure. In her parents' house, her umbilical cord is knocking around somewhere oh. in a, you know, in a little bag, there's an umbilical cord somewhere in her parents' house. I've never seen it and I've never heard it alluded to. And I've been in that house, you know, hundreds of times. Right. No one's ever talked about it or shown it off or anything. But somewhere there is an umbilical cord. Wow. Um, is she going to get it or is, does she just plan on leaving it there? I have no idea. I don't know if there are any plans. I think it's one of those things like um, I had my baby teeth and those are still around somewhere. Oh. Like, I don't know about your family situation with your baby teeth. No, they're but gone. I always... Oh yeah. I kept mine in a little box and then that box is just around and it's not something I ever think about, Hmm. but maybe I would happen upon it someday and be like, Oh yeah, my little baby teeth. That's crazy. And I get the vibe that the umbilical cord is the same way. It's not like a sacred relic of the family, but it's just kind of like, Oh yeah, we got that old curious thing tucked in a drawer somewhere. It's going to terrify, (laughs) it's going to (laughs) terrify someone someday when they open it by accident. Um, Interesting. And, uh, your um your near fact check we'll call it uh brought, <laughs> <laughs> brought up in to my mind uh i i'm gonna go ahead and fact check my own self okay from last week's episode uh something i do is uh if i see someone in the hospital i think they're either a doctor or a nurse and then i never really you know think that there are other roles hmm. and so mm. um when we had last week the whole baby class and that whole visit, I was saying that it was a nurse that led it, but it was actually a midwife. Oh. And apparently the hospital has a staff of midwives in the uh, OBGYN departments. Right. are doing a lot of the work too. And I don't know what distinguishes a midwife from a nurse or from a doctor, but um, yeah, somehow there are all of these roles happening over there at the Kanazawa University Hospital.
1: Gotcha. That's cool.
0: And, um, another thing about that pregnancy class that I should amend is that, um, we got the one on one treatment or rather one on two, because it was my wife and I Mm. from a single midwife solely because of coronavirus. Right. And that normally they do have classes like more what you would think, um, of a few people meeting in the evening or something, but because of coronavirus, they stopped that and now you can set it up on an individual basis. Gotcha. So that's what we did. That's cool. And, uh, yeah, these are fact checks courtesy of my wife. She <laughs> listens to the episode and then straightens me out.
1: That's good. Moe, Moe tried to give me some notes, but <clears throat> I didn't take them down very well. So maybe, okay.
0: maybe I'll have some more next week. <laughs> we'll get a big deluge of fact checks out of you one day. It'll just be one um, episode. <laughs> one episode. <laughs> um, I learned the word for midwife, by the way, and it is Sanshi. If you ever need that, Joe, Joe Sanchi. Sanchi. That is a midwife. Okay. Cool. Well, um, that kind of segues nicely out of segments mm. and into Japanese of the day. So, let's launch into Japanese of the day. Okay. Um, ready. This word it's going to also turn into English of the day because there's like an English lesson that goes along with it, but Hmm. that is the C section or the Caesarean section. Okay. And um, the Japanese for C section is Hmm. Teosekai. Teosekai. It's four kanji in a row. And the, the Teo part of it means emperor. Or it could be translated as king or, you know, some type of, like, ultimate leader. But let's say emperor for teyo. And the sekai, the se part of it is a, a cut. And the kai means to open. It literally means to cut open. And uh, you could also put uh, sekai together and it basically means incision. Mm. So you can translate cesarean section or teyo sekai. Literally, directly, you could translate it as the emperor's incision or the emperor cut open, hmm. uh, which is interesting because that's so close to what the English is. Is it with the well? I mean, the Caesar, caesarian, oh. and Caesar being like the the leader, the ruler, the king, or the emperor, or something. So um, this was very interesting to me that you would have one Hmm. in one language that uses the name of an emperor and then in the other language it also says emperor. So I thought these must be connected Hmm. back on the other side in some way. And so the English lesson is that everybody always hears that um, the Caesarean section is called the Caesarean section because that's how Caesar was born. And uh, it turns out that that is not true, that that's just sort of a legend that came about through the years. I actually, and
1: maybe I'm going to show my ignorance a little. I had never heard that before.
0: Oh yeah, I had heard it just here and there randomly as a bit of trivia, and you know, it's like, oh, why is it called cesarean? It's like, oh, because of Caesar, and because that's how he was born, and that's like that's the legend. I had never been Um, interested enough to to ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well the crazy thing is that that was taken as sort of gospel truth. Um, be- because even in dictionaries up until the 1980s, English language dictionaries, they would claim that in the explanatory note for C-section, huh. they would say like, you know, Julius Caesar was born through this manner and that's why we call it C-section. But, um, only in the more recent times has that been shown to be sort of, uh, apocryphal. Hmm. And, um, what it comes down to is that the word Caesar or Caesar or Kaiser, or however you pronounce it from the the Greek, that sort of like C-A-E, that in Greek comes from the word uh, to cut something. Hmm. Like that's a sort of uh, part of a word that means to cut. And so um, even in the old days, there were sort of jokes that would go around or a little like right. a little play on words or something where if a kid uh, were actually born through a uh, Caesarean section. Somebody would say like, Oh, you should name him Ceso or, you know, Caesar or something like that. And it, it means cut, but it also sounds like a name. And that was kind of a joke that was applied. Hmm. So even from like the first, uh, even from the first century, uh, there were written accounts of Caesar and maybe the name Caesar comes from cutting and there were like plays on words. And then that got confused over the years into that's how he was born. Hmm. But, um, apparently he was not actually born that way. Uh, So it comes from, yeah, Caesar and the word cut are very, very similar or even the same in some cases. And so that's why we think that that's true. Gotcha. So not really like the Japanese then. Yeah. Well, (laughs) the thing is that the um, Caesarean section, it just means like cut, but Mm. we think that it means Julius Caesar. But then that image stuck through all languages uh, because – like hmm. uh, when it was picked up in Greek, uh, sorry, from the Greek into German, the German word for a C-section is Kaiser is the first part. Kaiser. Oh. Schnitt. Kaiser Schmidt is C-section in German. And the Kaiser obviously means king or ruler or emperor or something. Hmm. And then when the Japanese picked it up, they actually picked it up from the German and they saw, Oh, okay. Kaiser, which means a king. So we'll call it uh tail, which is our emperor tail. And, uh, uh, gotcha. So it's like that sort of rumor or that image has filtered across many languages. And um, it's it's this sort of urban myth that's like 2,000 years old at this point That's you can still see it uh, pick up in, in various languages. Huh. Interesting. So like the longest game of telephone. Yeah, pretty much. It's like you hear about these things like within English or something like, oh, well, actually, that's just misunderstood. Or people think it means this, right. but it actually means this. But this is one that's just endured for a couple thousand years. Hmm. But anyway, here we are left with C-section um, and we're all still saying it, which it still applies, actually. It's still correct because hmm. Caesar just means to cut. So, right, so yeah, it's still good. It's just the, I guess, the um, the image is wrong.
1: So, if anything, then... English is the only language that eventually got it right.
0: Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> say for sure. I didn't look into the Greek, but the Greek may be on top of it as well. Um, yeah, But probably. yeah, a bunch of other languages <laughs> sort of yeah picked it up and uh, made it official in the wrong version. Hmm. So anyway, dispelling the old language myth, and um, that's the Japanese of the day there. Nice. Double Japanese of the day. We got midwife and we got C-section. Nice. Don't ask me to repeat either of them because I've closed my uh, my... My browser that had those two words, and I've already forgotten them. Oh man, <laughs> so that's over now.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's time to move on then.
0: All right, can do.
1: I yeah. have a question for you today. That is a quiz, yes,
0: sir. All right. If you're I'm up to the challenge,
1: if you're willing to take this, there's mm-hmm. 50, I have fifteen questions ready.
0: Holy Lord! Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Let's do this. They'll go
1: quick though, and. The point of this test is to kind of gauge your um, new father mentality as you're going into this. Like, are you
0: prepared enough yet? Okay. Is this going to cruelly expose how underprepared I am? That's what I see coming. Maybe. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's do
1: it anyway. Okay. Uh, question one: How long should you let your newborn cry before responding? And there's oh, there's four goodness. there's four options. Uh Mm -hmm. pick him up right away. B uh five to ten minutes. C Mm -hmm. ten to fifteen minutes. Or D Mm -hmm. until he stops.
0: Wow. If we're talking newborn, I don't think newborns are playing the angles yet. And I think they're just like little machines. Like something's not right, I'm gonna cry. And so I'm not gonna like start, you know, (laughs) start challenging his cries. (laughs) Uh, He doesn't mean it. (laughs) <laughs> when he's fresh out of the gate, so I'm gonna say, like, go get him immediately. That's what that's what my brain leads me to.
1: Okay, that's the correct answer. Well done. Oh,
0: thank God. Yep. Okay.
1: Yep. That's uh, good news. Okay. One for one. Uh, next question: How many times a day does the average newborn eat? A Ooh. three meals a day. B mm-hmm. every four hours. C
0: eight to ten times a day. Or D on the hour, every hour? Ooh, good question. I'm going to max it out here and say every hour. Well, every hour on the hour is a little bit specific, but I would say average, like, once an hour. Oh. <laughs> Not quite. Not eight. quite. <laughs> All right. Uh, Fine. It's C, eight to ten times. Okay. okay. Yep. Wow. So if it's eight to ten times, eight means at the you know at the minimum on that scale it's every three hours yeah yeah and, it's about uh, they it's say crazy
1: it, that, every two to three hours
0: okay it's crazy that uh a baby could be it over that long for like oh yeah i had had a bit of milk good for three hours and not feeling hungry again that's amazing
1: well i, I assume between that time they're probably napping or pooping <laughs> yeah probably they got other things to <laughs> so think they're about. kind of
0: busy before the hunger takes over again.
1: All right, one for two. I'm
0: shooting for five out of 15 on this, by the way. That's my target.
1: I think you'll do better than that. I have faith. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, What's the standard advice on how long after childbirth you should wait until you and your partner can have sex again? It's A, one week, B, six weeks, C, three months, or D, six months, or E, until the doctor gives the green light.
0: Oh, I was going to say E. Never again. Uh, I would say, I believe it was B, six weeks. That's what I seem to have heard in the past. Right. Final answer, B.
1: Yep. Good call. Good. All right. Two for three. Uh, Next. What's the number one never leave home without it item you should bring for an afternoon in the park with your six-month-old?
0: The six-month-old himself. Next question.
1: (laughs) That's also correct, but not one of the answers. Okay. <laughs> so A is your cell phone. B is a burp cloth. C is mm-hmm. a video camera. D is a diaper. And E is sand toys.
0: Well, I mean, I want to go like baby care items, of which there were two, the burp cloth and the uh, the diaper. But the six-month thing is throwing me off. <laughs> I feel like a, a newborn... Is gonna be filling up those diapers constantly all day long. A six month old might be a bit better about it, but you don't want a kid with like a diarrhea explosion <laughs> to then go <laughs> diaperless for the remainder of the afternoon. So I'm gonna have to say diaper.
1: Uh correct. Yep. All, all right. right. It is diaper.
0: Good. Yep. All right,
1: you're doing pretty good, see? All right. Uh when can you start reading to your baby? A. Right away. B, four to six months, C, when he can sit up on his own, or D, when he's at least a year old?
0: Um, I mean, when can you? Really, whenever. I would say right away. Um, Whether it does anything for the baby, I don't know. But uh, I'm going to say right away.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's correct. And they have a little um, add-on to this to, to say that studies have shown that reading to your kids earlier helps them in the long run.
0: Okay, that's good news. Yep.
1: All right, uh, next. What sort of postpartum present would your partner turned mom probably appreciate the most? A, Hmm. an outfit for the baby. B, a bouquet of flowers. Or C, a gift certificate to get pampered somewhere.
0: I would say that the uh, gift certificate is almost useless because you're just so you know in baby taking care of mode and uh you might not actually want to use it or have the opportunity to use it the um baby clothes are already taken care of We've got loads of baby clothes so i'm gonna say just the simple gift of flowers uh it would be
1: wrong according to this oh! yeah yeah so subjective this it's one. it's yeah i think it depends like yeah,
0: it, are they going pampering? They said, "See pampering." Yeah, yeah, it's a gift
1: certificate. Okay.
0: Yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it seems like yeah, it's probably good to get away now that I think about it. But it's just so uncertain because what if there is some baby chaos at the last minute and and so on? And postpartum, like, what kind of timeline are we talking about? If it's six months, well, I can see it. I mean, you can but get it in for the first him, few weeks.
1: get it for her, like whenever, and she can use it, like maybe six months later.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: So it's just kind of the nice thought and like the idea that maybe there's an escape at some point in yeah. like in her future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good. <laughs> yeah,
0: that makes sense. All right. Amended, I accept it. Okay. And uh, yeah, gift certificate will do. Nice. Okay,
1: I'm going to mispronounce some of these. What do Graco, Peg Perego, and McLaren have in common? They all make <laughs> high-end sports cars.
0: <laughs> Sorry,
1: <go on. laughs> I'm surprised that's not an answer. Uh, they were heroes in World War One. They make pasta and tomato sauce. They build sturdy strollers or their wineries in California.
0: Mm, I mean, it has to be strollers. I'm going to say strollers. Yeah,
1: yeah. I feel like that one's kind of a gimme.
0: Okay. It's the only baby-related <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. Uh they should have said pasta sauce. That's where my mind went with Prego. But uh yeah, cool. Stroller brands. They oh B was pasta know. sauce. Oh, was it? Yeah. I just blinked out. Yeah. Okay. All right. Which one of
1: these should you use to clean your baby's umbilical cord? A rubbing alcohol. B nothing. C soap and water. Or D baby shampoo.
0: So this is like for the first week of the baby's life when there's this scabby little remnant of the umbilical cord. Right. Right? Attached to the yep. the belly button. Ooh, okay. I mean, rubbing alcohol is going to be harsh. That's not going to feel good. Um, and uh, I forget the other options. I'm just going to go with soap and water right down the middle. Keep it simple. Keep it basic. Oh nope. What is
1: it? It is be nothing. You're just supposed to nothing. leave it alone and okay. just... Keep it clean, like not dirty, and keep it dry, mm-hmm. and then let it fall off on its own.
0: Okay, so hands off. Hands off. Yep. I see.
1: All right, which one of these words does not belong? Sling, exer saucer, pixel, or swaddle?
0: Okay, swaddle is, uh, you know, wrapping the baby up nice and tight in some sort of swaddling i think it's called uh the sling sounds to me like a papoose which is also like a nice tight wrap-up for the baby it's just one used use to carry them and then i haven't heard of the other two exer saucer and what was the other one pixel pixel um i am gonna say that exer saucer yeah exer saucer is probably like something that they get in and run around in so i'm gonna say that one's the odd man out
1: which one's the odd man out?
0: <laughs> Exersaucer.
1: No. Or Pixel.
0: I could have said Pixel. Might as well have said Pixel. <laughs> yeah, I th- yeah. Yeah. It was
1: Pixel. What is it? What's a Pixel? It's the thing on your display screens. <laughs> okay.
0: <but> <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> it must be something, like some sort of babyish no, thing. No, right? the, that's, oh, okay. that's the one then that what's... doesn't
1: belong. Exersaucer is a thing.
0: Oh, yeah. Is it a... Like to wrap up the baby kind of a thing? No,
1: no, no. It's like the uh, the baby bouncer that they can walk around in. Oh, yeah. And there's like a bunch okay. of toys on it and then it helps them bounce and they can move. And There's little wheels.
0: Bad question. Got to throw it out. <laughs> throw it out. I, don't, I don't know about the answer choices. Big <laughs> soul.
1: <Pixel. laughs> random. Okay. Yeah, pretty random. Okay. Uh, where is the safest place in your car for your newborn baby to ride? A, on someone's lap in the back seat. B, in an infant car seat facing forward in the front seat. C, in an infant car seat facing backwards in the front seat. Or D, in an infant car seat facing backwards in
0: the back seat. Has to be D, common knowledge. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't put like trunk on the list because that would throw <laughs> me for a second. But I'm going to say, I'm gonna have to say D, final answer. Yeah, that's right. That's right facing in the back and you looked into this this is a question that we had um, yeah. before that does it matter which side of the back seat passenger or driver's side in the back seat
1: I don't think it matters I haven't read anything that, that says one's better than the other I think it's more just convenience and the space like for me the space behind the driver's seat there's not that much of so I doubt I could get like a car seat back there
0: mm. yeah I always thought it was sort of uh six of one half a dozen of the other it doesn't matter and then Mm. when i look at diagrams shown when we've gotten our baby seats and the seat base and that sort of thing on the diagrams it shows either seat with like a nice green circle around it and then Mm. there are x's for you know front seat and and uh, that sort of thing or the trunk so um yeah the trunk yeah (laughs) uh, you know i'll agree to disagree but um (laughs) The, yeah it seems that they seem to be uh, they seem to be equal, but in my thinking, it was like behind the passenger seat would be a bit better just because you can reach you yeah. know if you notice something going wrong or the baby having some trauma or problem, you could reach the baby instantly, you know pull over, don't have to get out, don't have to unbuckle your seatbelt, you can just lean over and reach
1: I think it depends if you're driving alone or if you're riding mm. with your partner
0: yeah that's a good point because
1: then it would be easier for them if it's behind the driver's seat
0: yeah to get back there yeah Yeah. very good point
1: so either one i guess depending okay next question cool uh what should you always bring your wife when she's breastfeeding a a glass of water b a magazine c her favorite beer or d the tv (laughs) remote
0: okay interesting (laughs) uh The glass of water thing is crazy. It's like, oh, she must need to rehydrate. Look at the milliliters she's losing here. And that... Oh. I almost want to choose it. It almost seems logical, but hold on. Glass of water... It's a bit insane. It's like when you're, it's like when you're weightlifting, it's like eating on the toilet or something, you know what I mean? You're equating equating your kid breastfeeding to eating on the toilet. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, a one in one out policy or something. Okay. And so, uh, or it's like exercising and you're like, oh man, I better drink this protein while I'm doing the curls. My muscles need it right now. So it's kind of an insane theory. But then like the beer is out, of course, uh, depends on how fast and loose you want to play with the rule, but like TV remote, it's <laughs> like, you're going to be here for a while, get comfortable. Here's the TV remote, enjoy yourself. But I also don't want to like have like constant TV time, you know, when the baby's around, but then what's, uh, what's the other choice?
1: Uh, a magazine,
0: a magazine. Well, I don't know. Are you going to flip through a magazine? You <laughs> only have one hand anyway to rest the magazine on in the crook of the baby yeah that's what uh, the baby's there for i guess so that's why they bend in the middle it's <laughs> to hold books and magazines uh oh this is a real stumper hmm a glass of water <laughs> okay i'm gonna say i'm gonna say tv remote it's like you're gonna be there for a while get comfortable here's the remote go for it oh
1: i thought you were gonna get to get the right one you were dancing around <laughs> it so much
0: what is it? it is the water it is a
1: glass of water
0: That's ludicrous. I mean maybe maybe she could drink water just before or just after, or maybe you could get one of those like hamster feeders and put it on the wall. You know, I don't know. I feel like you don't have the hands free for for liquids at that time. Yeah.
1: I don't see I don't see the need for a glass of water right when she's breastfeeding, (laughs) like every single time. Yeah. Yeah. So but I think they're just trying to drive the point home of make sure the mother stays hydrated.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good call. I had another question, which is related, and that's, does a baby ever need water? Or is the baby getting, I mean, because I think the answer is that for six months, the baby just has breast milk and that's it. And that it's like a system takes care of itself and it's all fine.
1: Yeah, I was reading about this a little while ago and it's just breast milk for a while Mm -hmm. and there's no need to,
0: to do that. Yeah. Uh, my thought was I mean something simple like if the um you know if the air's dry and the baby's, you know, mm. coughing or if the baby's mouth dries out or something if you could like pop some water into a bottle and just let them hydrate but I guess breast milk is just always the answer. I think so. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool.
1: Next. At what age do most babies sleep through the night? A 3 weeks, B 3 months. C, nine months, or D, two years?
0: I think the 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 A and the D are at, are too extreme in their own ways. Um, three months, that seems really soon, but I bet a kid could have a crack at sleeping through the night. If you consider it like five or six hours, if that's getting you through the night, I bet a three-month-old could hack it. So I'm going to say B, three months. Uh, nope. Oh no, it's nine?
1: (laughs) It's nine, yeah. So there's some stats below this one. And uh, so the question is most babies. Mm -hmm. And so it says 70% of babies at nine months sleep through the night. But it does say that some babies do sleep through the night at two or three months.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I heard, uh, you know, I've got a niece and a nephew and I heard somebody was saying a couple of months ago that my niece was sleeping through the night and she's only about six months old so mm. i was thinking that was what i was basing it on nice. but i guess they have an exceptionally sleepy baby nice just gets right through it
1: that's good for them all right next the baby blues refers to a songs women sing in the delivery room <laughs> b sadness and moodiness that women experience after giving birth or c the color of all newborn babies' eyes.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, baby blues is in hmm. it usually means eyes. Uh there's a comic strip in the newspaper called Baby Blues. It's probably not that one. But I mean, baby blues, it means eyes. But is that I know baby's eyes do change color as time goes by. Uh, so I'm gonna say it's the eyes. I'm gonna go with that usage. Oh, nope. Oh, it's postpartum
1: depression. It It's not quite postpartum depression, but it's OK. It could lead to postpartum depression. Baby blues just that brief window after
0: pregnancy where some some mothers feel down to give it this like illiterative, cutesy, flippant name, though. I'm I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, I've got a case of the baby blues. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know.
1: I don't know how I feel about it, but they've done it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but then people say like oh, like oh Frank Sinatra, like, oh, he's got those baby blues. Yeah. So does that mean Frank Sinatra had postpartum depression? I don't think so. I don't I'm think so. He was drunk too often. Correct. He was way too drunk. I don't know if he knew who his own kids were. Oh, of course he knew who his own kids were. He did duets with Nancy. I'm an idiot. Okay.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, of course he did. Okay, next question. Your partner is so sleep deprived that she can't see straight. You... A, call your mother. B, ask your mother in law to come visit. C, offer to take the 2 a.m. feeding. Or D, hire a night nurse.
0: Oh, man, that's a high end option with a night nurse. Uh, It's just got to be take the 2 a.m. feeding. Yeah, that seems pretty obvious. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Getting closer to that five out of fifteen. <laughs> I don't. I don't know which? what you're at. I haven't been keeping track. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know All right,
1: last question. What's the safest position for babies to sleep in? A, on his tummy. B, on his side. C, on his back. Or D,
0: in his car seat. Um, I think a side is impossible, isn't it? Oh, I guess you could like. Well, you don't really want to pile up a bunch of. Pile up a bunch of. Toys and and yeah. blankets to force him onto his side. I don't know. Um, I, it has to be back, and then I guess the head just lolls over to the side a bit. But I'm gonna say back. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Okay. Yep. Good. 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 Well done. Yeah. Stomach think. is a recipe for disaster. I think you did okay. Yeah, it was probably 13 or 14 of them out of the 15. Yeah. I mean, you know, just a step away from perfect. Pretty good. It's, uh, close enough. Well. Um, Good, my question for you is very educational and um, it's given me a lot to think about. That may bring us to a close. Well, does it?
1: Do we have any jokes today? All right, I have I have a couple for you this week. All right. Are you ready?
0: Dad, joke time. Yes, sir.
1: Uh, what was the child who wouldn't nap guilty of?
0: Mm, i know it <laughs> do you Res- <laughs> resisting arrest oh, oh. <laughs> that has to be right right yeah okay good, good, good. Uh, hey, it could have been like manslaughter it was unrelated but he was like this guy dark <laughs> yeah, yeah. all right the dark dad jokes <laughs> that's a new genre
1: what's the difference between a snowman and a snow woman
0: Mm, I know this too. (laughs) Snowballs. Zing. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Good stuff. I've always wondered, is it poor form to like try and figure it out and then step on the joke tellers like revealing of the punchline? In this this case, I don't think so. Go ahead. Okay, that's good. (laughs) I look at every joke like a challenge. Like, can you figure it out? Let's go. And I really like jump in there.
1: Yeah, I think like, these uh, are these are made for kids anyway, so
0: Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Good points.
1: Uh and last one, can a kangaroo jump higher than the Empire State Building?
0: Um I don't think so, but tell oh, me the answer. I said of course buildings can't jump. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> nice little grammar joke there. That's good. It's like the Mitch Hedberg joke. Yeah. I haven't I haven't slept for forty hours because that would be way too long. Um, man, oh, I, okay. A dad joke just sprang to mind. I got, okay. I got one here, and it's, um, there was a guy uh, who cut off by accident. He cut off his entire left side, but um, it was no big deal. Actually, he was all right. <laughs> he was all. <laughs> right oh, oh right. ladies and gentlemen right. that'll, that's the answer that'll bring us to a close then okay <laughs> a very a somber <laughs> reserved close to an otherwise fine episode uh this was episode 10 or something wasn't it oh yeah yeah we didn't mention that at the beginning
1: this is number 10 we've made oh, it we got far. there we did it so thank you for listening we hope this week's episode was informative and interesting. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us either on Twitter at jpopspodcast or by email at info at And we'll talk to you next time.
0: Later. Later.